Welcome into the Podcast Closet. You're listening to episode 38 of CCP, the Caleb and Kathy podcast, also known as... Correctional Corruption Punishment. Dude, this is going to be a serious episode. Uh, if you got any children listening, I would advise they tune out, probably. Not that we'll get into gritty detail on the the tough, the uh, what, the graphic parts of this mm. docu-series... But it's it's a tough watch, a very serious topic. I think a mature audience is needed for this. Right. You wouldn't want your kids watching this, so. Yeah. Okay. And what we are talking about that I have failed to mention, mm. making you wait for it. Mm. Uh, when they see us. The I ne- had to hold back a uh, Hamilton reference there. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to, like, keep it serious and not. Yeah. It's going to be a serious episode. Less jokes. I'll, I'll, we'll try to keep it light, but. There's no way. There's no way that's going to be light. All right, so we watched When They See Us, which is a... Go ahead, sorry. Four-part Netflix series based on the Central Park Five issue. Oprah now referring to them as... The Exonerated Exonerated Five. five, Which we'll get into later. We also... So that, I would consider episode five or an an epilogue, kind of. To the series, yeah. it's it's listed separately. For some reason, it's not. No, I think it was under like episodes and more on Netflix. You can find Oprah sits down and interviews the cast and producers and director, and then also the the five um, kids now adults who were wrongfully convicted of the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just kind of a heads up for how we're going to kind of run through this. Mm-hmm. If you guys know ahead of time, we're just going to go through each episode. Obviously, there will be spoilers, but as this is based on true events, you probably know the, some of it. Maybe at, like at the least, bare bones. At least the the minimal of like they were convicted. Ooh, and... Wait, should we say what we kind of knew going into it? That could be okay. Yeah, like, real quick. Sure. Okay, I had heard of this, and I knew that they were later like exonerated or like mm-hmm. proved innocent. I did not. But that that was it. That okay. was it. Like I I had heard about it. That's yeah, it. I I had heard about it. I knew they were exonerated later. Um, yeah, I knew it was five young African American. I one I think I believe was Latino Hispanic. or Hispanic. Latino, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I knew they were like all under eighteen. I didn't know they were like some of them were even f- as young as fourteen. I wasn't aware of that. And then I also knew about the Trump stuff. Like that's, the, that's what I was yeah. about to, I was like holding up my finger. I was like, oh wait, <laughs> yeah, I knew that it was somehow related to Trump too. That, that Trump was that he was like gung ho about like these kids deserve the death penalty for yeah. And I don't, I'm not positive. I don't know every case that ever happened in America, but I'm pretty sure the death penalty is not reserved for rape cases. Don't get me wrong, rape is a terrible crime, but. The lady lived. Like, I don't know of anybody ever getting a death sentence for somebody not killing somebody. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, Usually that's reserved for murder trials. Yeah, and I feel like when people... And the reason I had heard about it in relation to Trump is, like, that was kind of people's defense of, oh, this guy's been bad for a while. Like, he has a lot of baggage and, like... Especially in racial issues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's been, I should be more specific, he's been a racist for a while. <laughs> there are many issues you have to be specific. Yeah, right. But uh, And then the fact that he still refuses to apologize for yeah. taking out like an ad in the New York 
post or times or something. And... Yeah. Um, no, and I turned to you when they were like, cause they like showed like little news clips of, um, talking about Trump and his reaction to this, like in the series. And I turned to you and I was like, do you think that they like partly chose to come out with this, like during his presidency to kind of like remind people, Hey, like he was involved in this. And you were like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't think it was a non-factor, but I don't think it was. And it was the 30th, like 1989, that was 30 yeah. years ago. I don't think it was a non-factor, but it it wasn't the main factor. I uh, but, uh, yeah, it'd be weird if they like spent a lot of time talking about it, but I, I am okay with them mentioning it. Yeah, and the director, direct, director, director, Ava DuVernay. I believe Duvernay. Duvernay. Not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but she seems like she's done a lot of like uh, political. She's woke. <laughs> she's woke. A lot of you know African American uh, strife in this country. Like a lot of documentaries about that and movies. She directed Selma. She has a Netflix documentary called Thirteenth. Which the I 13th remember Amendment. when that came out. I like wanted to watch that. I. Yeah, maybe we'll watch that after this. There are maybe some not for the things, pod, but just... There are some things that, like, I, like, oh, it comes out, I want to watch, like, even this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, like, I forget about yeah. it. But yeah, I like that the pod is, like, forcing us in a way. I'm glad like, it... Let's yeah. talk about this. Yeah, exactly. Let's watch this. I'm also glad it was nominated for a bunch of Emmys because it deserved it. It, like, reminded me. <laughs> it reminded me. I was like, oh, yeah, shoot, we should watch we that. We need to still watch this. Yeah. So award shows do still serve a purpose. Mm. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's great that people are being acknowledged for their uh, putting this out there in the world and um, how well the actors performed and telling a story that needed to be told and reminding people. So, yeah, if the Emmys can, like, kind of reward, pe- reward the people that worked on this show, then I guess that's worth it. I don't think that award shows do much other than that. I, I was just <laughs> I was just making a joke. We can get into the actual stuff now. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So so let me cuz we got off track a little bit there. We're just going to go through episode by episode. Uh spoilers going so ahead. It's so hard, Caleb. It's so hard to stay on track. Okay. We got this. Episode by episode. Yep. Um there'll be spoilers ahead obviously, but like we said, all this is based on true events. For the most part, there were a few um, differences that were kind of pointed out in the Oprah uh, interviews, and we'll get into those. But without any further ado, let's jump into episode one. Okay, so episode one dealt a lot with. Okay, it like started out kind of giving, like introducing you to the five boys, and and like, just quickly, do you, do you have their names just so we? Kevin, Antron, Raymond, Yusuf, and Corey. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, like, you got to meet them. You got to meet some of their family members. Like, a little bit of, like, background. Mm-hmm. And then stuff went down in, in Central Park, but in, like, other places. It's interesting. I know this is, this is related, so it's not getting off track. But there was a fight that happen like people were or um some of the guys i don't think it was like the these five just other people um were attacking bikers 
So, like, that was happening, but then, like, in other areas of New York, things were going going down as well, including um, this woman who they refer to as a, the jogger. I think her name is Br- Patricia. Um, uh, being... I don't, I don't think that's it, but... That's what I wrote down. Okay. Um, being raped in... Um, yeah, being a ra- being raped and so, okay, so that I'm sorry. You got it. I do got it's it. It's Trisha Miley was the victim's right. name, which is Patricia. Okay. Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. Okay, sorry. So then the police kind of come up with a police and also like the district attorney, um, come up with like a list of people they're like looking for you know racial profiling all that fun stuff um obviously being sarcastic um and so that's how these five guys are pulled in for questioning and yeah okay it doesn't get into the case or it doesn't get into like yeah the court case in the first episode okay are you wanting me to talk now? <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I didn't do the greatest job. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I would add to that. So yeah, it starts out, like you said, with the kids, and I thought it did a good job of like showing what you know life was like for a, a young black teenager in New York in like the late '80s, early '90s. Um, you know, walking around with a boombox. Uh, very reminiscent of um, what's the Spike Lee movie called? Uh, Do the Right Thing. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And then, yeah, they go to Central Park. And it's a lot of thematic stuff of like a lot of these kids. Like, oh, it was, and they did a good job of painting this, you know, how one decision can change your entire life. Like, a lot of them, like, especially with Corey. With Corey, and like, he was with his, I don't know if they were girlfriend or whatever, friend, and they were eating, and it's like, Con, she's like, stay, and then he ends up going, and that will come back later in episode four, we'll talk more about that probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Kevin was walking with his friend, and he was like, come on, let's go, and then Kevin, or Kevin Kevin's was friend. Al- Kevin was alone. So, they're walking home from school, with Kevin and his friend, do you remember? I thought Kevin was walking home with his sister. No. He was walking home with his sister at first, and then he's with his friend. And then they're seeing the big, like, mob of people going, like, to Central Park. And I thought, oh, yeah, let's go. And then his friend's like, no, we shouldn't. And then he runs home to his mom, drops off his stuff, and then goes by himself to Central Park. Sorry. I'm trying to... Hmm. I don't remember a friend. I, I believe that's how it happened. And then others as well, you know, like, they they do a good job of painting that picture of, like, oh, really, like, if they just would have chosen this way, how differently things could end up. And that's true, especially for... Uh, Corey. For Corey, yeah. I forgot to mention, it also talked about, um, or showed how the boys were questioned how the police questioned them. Was that in yeah, episode one? It was. Okay. I, I was looking back at my notes and it so, was. So yeah, that. so the... I would say after the crime happens, mm-hmm. the next 
morning or mm-hmm. later that night they find the body and then they mm-hmm. interview some bikers or something and they're mm-hmm. like oh a bunch of kids running around so i don't know i don't remember how exactly they got their names because they were going around with the people's names like yusuf was one of the names mm-hmm. and I then they just asked him. here comes another moment for Corey, where if he would have just chosen differently but he wants to stand up for his friend and be with his friend. And the guy was like, your name's on the list. You don't have to come, but are you going to come with your friend? And he says yes, and then goes down to the police station. Um, so then they get all these kids down there, and they're they're going through the timeline, and stuff clearly isn't adding up for, like, these kids couldn't have been the ones to committed this crime. But in spite of that, they still push forward and try to manipulate the timeline because they just, a problem with our justice system, you know, is there's so much pressure to close these cases quick and just find somebody responsible, even if it's not the actual responsible party. And I'll I'll let you talk about the interviews a little, the interrogations rather. Okay. I don't want to give everything away though, you know? Okay, sorry. Am I going too in-depth? Yeah, I, okay. I want to be a little bit more broad. Okay, but sorry. since you mentioned it, the police were horrible. They, like, interviewed them for, like, 40-plus hours, like, were very physical, um, forced them to waive their re- attorney rights, kick their parents out of, um, parents or guardians out of the... Pressured um, other parents room. into just forcing their kids them. to confess. It was just, like... Like, I thought that was going to be the most upsetting thing, and that was, like, only the beginning. Yeah. All right. So then we get into episode two. Okay. This is, like, trial time. Yeah. This That's is the word most... I was trying to think of earlier. Not court. I mean, it is court, but also trial. <laughs> um, the majority of episode two is the trials. Which, well, I felt like... You know, maybe it's because I'm, like, watching all these, like, true kind true crime documentaries a few and um but i'm noticing a real theme that it doesn't seem like anyone's that prepared what do you mean like they go in if maybe like the lawyers lawyers and district attorneys like maybe go in with like an idea i'm sure they do their research whatever but it just feels like oh we have this like random witness and we have i don't know it didn't come off as like anyone was prepared or had the I full thought, story. I thought Antron's lawyer was prepared and seemed. Uh, he was definitely the strongest of the bunch. Or at least that's how they were portraying him. In the, in the series, I, there was, excuse me, there was just something that was like. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just the fact that I knew that how it was going to turn out. I'm not sure. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Um, okay, so talked about the trial, showed the trial, had all these witnesses. One of the, like, most, um, intense moments was when they, um, it cross-examined with, uh, Patricia, or Trisha, the jogger. Um, they had this, like, dramatic, and I'm sure it was dramatic, maybe, um, like, her walking up to the, um... To the what's the word? The stand. The stand. Yeah. And like, obviously, she it was probably not that long since the crime, and like, she wasn't doing so hot, and yeah, 
I don't know, just got really tense. But it might have been also just like the fact that it is still a drama, the series. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, there was a lot going on. There were like protests outside the trial. Um, it showed the boys' lawyers talking with the boys, talking with the parents, everybody trying to get on the same page. Like, should we take a plea deal? Should we, you know, like, what's our approach here? Um, oh, should they be like separate trials, separate cases? Um, or should they all be grouped together? Uh, Antron's lawyer um, was also talking to the district attorney about, you know, like, we're going to keep this fair, and then they weren't very fair. Yeah, and then, I don't know, then we got the verdict. Okay. <laughs> and how they, four of them had to go to Juvie, basically, and Corey had to go to Rikers Island. On like a, like a semi-lighter note, the Elizabeth Letter, the district attorney, like I felt she like sounded like Kristen Wiig, the actress playing her. Was she, the prosecutor lady was yeah. the district attorney? I thought the district attorney was the blonde lady. Okay, maybe I read But that whoever the prosecutor was. But really, the one that had like the curly hair? Yeah, the prosecutor. Okay, not the district attorney. I don't know if she was the district attorney. Uh, so getting into that, I guess, I'll... I'll just touch on it lightly Linda. now. The Linda lady. Sorry, I'm gonna let you talk. The the corruption definitely showed through on the and then you see some people and I don't know how factually accurate it is to each individual of like the the prosecutor woman stepping in and like trying to say like we don't have a case here. I don't want to take this to trial. Like there's a lot of holes. Um. But yeah, a lack of checks and balances for district mm. attorneys and mm-hmm. and small uh, local political offices uh, is definitely a problem in this country. Um, to uh, if you're looking for a good uh, recommendation on district attorneys, I would recommend John Oliver's uh, last week tonight on district attorneys. He does a good job of talking about the problems. Okay. Um, to tack on to what you were saying about Bobby Antron's dad, mm-hmm. um, something that stuck with me is how he, he admitted to, like, blaming himself. Like, he said that he blamed himself, the fact that Antron was in that situation and how, how, um, the police interviews went. Um, and he was telling... Antron, like, basically say what they want to hear, even if it's a lie. And then, and they kind of, like, held that against Bobby when they were, when he was on the witness stand. Right. When he was, I think, saying it from a place of experience because he had a, had a, um, a record and he's trying to get his son, you know, out of this situation. Well, it, it's, I think, yeah, possibly, but it also, they kind of implied, like, when the the officer took him out in the hallway and was like, well, you've got this record. Does your boss know about that? It'd be a shame if we told him type of thing. So oh. I think he also felt like, oh, if 
this gets out, I'm going to lose my job, and and then I uh, just admit to it, you know, do some light time, maybe you're young still, you probably won't get convicted of the rape or anything like that, if you just help them out, maybe you can strike a plea, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean... So I think he had his, he didn't, he wasn't like trying to screw his son over, but as they talk about later, Antron really never let go of that and felt wronged by his father and I mean rightfully so like somewhat you know I mean I would hope you'd be able to forgive him at some point but I haven't been in that situation that's definitely not changes your whole life you know so it's understandable yeah all right moving on to episode three okay okay so So. end of episode two everybody's um sentencing's come down Spoilers, everybody gets convicted of at least something, so everybody goes to jail. Um, Antron, Raymond, Kevin, and Yusuf all go to juvenile detention Mm -hmm. at first because they're all still minors. And Corey, for some reason, he's only 16, but for some reason he goes straight to jail, like Rikers Island, real adult prison. I think they blame him. He got tried of more. They blame him because in the the tape he admitted to the rape and so even though of course that was a very coerced statement whatever um we'll get into that later but they kind of tack more of it on him and so they're like no he deserves adult prison um yeah but you later find out yeah you later find out in three and episode three and four Oh, Corey is in adult prison. Um, he's in. So that's isolation. more episode four. So let's talk about episode three. But first. it it is mentioned in episode three. Okay, but yeah. I mean, all of episode four is about Corey. So we'll get to that okay. when we talk okay. about episode. So episode three talks about the four guys you just mentioned. Um, I would say like, the majority of the focus of episode three is on Raymond's story. Would you agree? With with bits it from does the others. Talk a lot about Raymond. Um, I mean, okay. So it starts out talking about Raymond and yeah, and all of them and how they. It does. En- it does start and end with Raymond. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, and kind of them going through the system and then growing into adults and then eventually getting out and how they're dealing with it and also while they're in there how their families are dealing with it and all the yes effects it has on the people around you. Yes, let's, yeah, we should talk about the families a little bit, so... so I would say that's the main yeah. crux of, of both these latter episodes, four more being about Corey and his story, but three for sure about how it affected uh, the family. You're right, because it shows the families, like, visiting their, um, their boys in jail, and, yeah, a little bit, like, outside of jail, to, or jail and juvie. Um, yeah, okay, so let's touch on some family members here. Yeah, I think it, I I was going to say, I think it did a really good job of portraying that, that a lot of these, I haven't seen a lot of the docuseries, you know, like, Mm -hmm. with, that are acted, I usually go for, like, the more just documentary style, Mm -hmm. talking heads type of thing, but I think this one did a really good job of showing how the families were affected by this, not just the 
well, the victims in this case because they were wrongfully convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Raymond, in his life, it was his dad and his grandma were, like, the people that were raising him and really caring for him from what from what the series portrayed. And the, his dad, but especially his grandma, felt, like, so guilty that they felt like they played a role in in getting him, him into juvie and in the guilty verdict um, because they weren't able to fully help him when he was being um, questioned. And that's kind of the theme of, of all of the boys' family members. Like... Well, um, a little bit different. Yusuf's mom was kind of able to get him out sooner. Like, but it didn't end up affecting anything because he still ended up getting convicted, even though they didn't have any confession or evidence on him at all. Right. But, like, she, like, cornered that Linda lady and was like, how dare you, like, do this to my son? And um, it definitely felt like she was really trying to be an advocate for her son. Um, and then Kevin, I mean, like, his mom and his sister were so loving and cared so much for him and could see, like, I mean, all of them. It's hard to know. Like, it doesn't go too much into detail about their life before before this incident. Um, but it really seemed like he had good head on his shoulders and, like, you know, he was like, what was it, trumpet? Was he playing a trumpet? Yeah, some sort of Yeah, so, I don't know, he just had, you know, goals and, like, good role models in his life. Um, who am I forgetting? Antron. Um, Antron, both his parents were there when he was questioned, um, and they encouraged his mom to leave, um, when he was being questioned. Those, those policemen, animal? No, it was just men. Those policemen were, like, super corrupt. I guess they were doing their job, but like, just a really just, sh- it's hard, or it shows you like why people hate the police so much. I don't know. Um, they just had a very, very um, intense way of handling the situation. I guess there was pressure on them to like get somebody um, accused of the crime and to admit to the crime, but my God, they were like beating these poor kids up and stuff. You tell me about it. I would say a lot of this episode did a good job of focusing on Raymond and his story about how once you get out of the police system, it's still very tough. It goes into him talking to his correctional officer about how hard it's going to be to get a job. You can't ever, you can't work with a convicted felon. You got to check these boxes on your interview. It's going to be very hard to get a job. And then that sort of leads him into, so he's stuck at his dad's house because he can't go out after seven or something like that. Oh, because and of, they're going to be um, a child uh, molested? They can't be, like, with more than three kids. Did you mention that? Sorry. So, he can't go out after night, and then, yes, he has to register as a sex offender. Sex offender. Because <laughs> it's a rape case. Um, uh, lost my train of thought there, but... So, yeah, it's going to be very hard for him. And then he has to stay with his dad. And that leads to strife. 
because he want he wants to get out and better his life, but it's very tough after you've been convicted of a crime, yeah. to and then especially a crime of this infamy, mm-hmm. where everybody knows your name mm-hmm. when you go to apply for something. They're like I recognize that name. Mm-hmm. Back then, you couldn't Google it. Now people would Google it and see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then that leads to him. He finds uh, a woman. He starts a relationship with her, and they want to get a house together. But he can't make up enough money because he can't get a decent job. He does all these interviews. Um, he eventually turns And to then drugs. eventually turns to selling, selling cocaine to make money because he feels like that's the only way he's going to get enough money to do, uh, to be able to get this apartment with this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets, and then he gets arrested at the end. So yeah, I think this episode does a very good job of painting like we said, the like. how the victims are of the family, the families of the victims are affected as well, not just those who are put into prison, because they're constantly thinking about that. You know, it's affecting their day to day. But also a very good job of once you get out of prison and how it's not just oh he's out of prison now, all right he's All back to normal. Well, yep. Yeah. I thought it did a very good job of painting that picture. I mean, and we can touch more about this when we talk about the Oprah interviews but yeah like even now that drama sticks with these men so right okay episode four like this episode was our... four could basically be its own movie like the yeah. Corey wise story yeah it's just like very hard to watch from the beginning i was like oh this is gonna be a lot and it just kept getting worse and you're like oh my gosh like is there any hope there were a few glimmers of hope okay um all right so, the beginning, you find out that he was found guilty of assault, sexual abuse, and I wanted to, I didn't really hear the last one very well, but I think it was violence. I don't know. Um, but he sentenced to go to Rikers Island, and yeah, just like, you're an adult now, somehow. Um, okay. So then, it's like, he is like thrust into this terrible world, I don't know how else to describe it, of prison and you know, he At seems... way too young an age, of an age. Yeah. Yeah. To see um, like, guards are corrupt. The conditions that the prisoners are living in are terrible. You know, there's some people that are like, trying to be like, oh, well, maybe you could, you know, get a transfer. I'm trying to encourage him, but mainly he's just being beat up over and over to the point that um, he is, he thinks, well, he's being told, you know, you should just go to solitary confinement, you know, um, because you'll be at least a little bit safe. Um, But that ends up being obviously terrible too. It's just like, you really see the ins and outs of what it's like for this young man in in prison it is terrible he gets transferred multiple times that there's there's this whole kind of like when his mom comes to visit him you get um a little bit more um of a sense of what his childhood was like there's some flashbacks um to his sister um and i it's just I, I don't know. Another way of saying it's just like horrible. I know that's not really explaining that much, but. Sorry. Not 
specifically solitary confinement, but was Prison, I believe, a good show. Uh, with Michael K. Williams, who plays Antron's dad, is, um, I believe it's, oh, no, wait, I'm thinking of a different one. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of The Wire, which he is in, but the show, I think, that was on HBO that was about prison, I think, was called Oz. Okay. But I, I, I think they touch on prison in The Wire, too. It's about, like, yeah, uh, guys selling drugs and cops in uh, Baltimore, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um... Yeah. I can't even, like, put a finger on what was the most upsetting part. It felt like all of it. Like, Solitary was horrible, but at least he was, like, a little bit It was, safer. like, safer for his physical well-being, but, but like, for his mental stability. How can you not go crazy? Yeah. How can you not? And this is where, yeah, he's, like, having these flashbacks and kind of talking to himself. And, yeah, we get the... His backstory, kind of, of uh, his sister and how his seems like his mother definitely was uh, verbally abusive and yeah, um, and and a good uh, indicator of his, you know, like how he kept skipping school and his intelligence level, which mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, skipping ahead, seeing the Oprah thing and hearing Corey talk and stuff in real life. Like, how was this? Like, you could clearly see that he probably had a learning disability or something. And, like, Mm -hmm. that should not have been able to fly, like, that confession. Anyways. Yeah, but but doesn't that remind you of, like, making a murder? Yeah, with uh, Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just... And... Corey specifically reminded me of a student I taught a few years ago, um, and I could just see how he would be... I mean, anybody is ill-equipped to go through something like that, but, like, picturing him having to be in Corey's position, like, wasn't... Yeah, you, I mean, you don't want to see anybody go through that, obviously. No, I just could really, like, It just see makes you really, as somebody said, again, sorry, skipping ahead a little, to the Oprah thing of, I think it was the actor who played Kevin of, like, how much privilege we have. Like, you watch this and you're like, wow, my life is not bad at all. Like, the amount of stuff this guy had to go through. Yeah. For something he did not even do. And, like, it's just, it's crazy. Um but, but I, I felt yeah. like they did a very good job of portraying, I'm going to keep saying this because it was a very well done thing. It was. Um, of portraying the isolation and yes. how it will drive you crazy yes. go in solitary confinement and have like the little like basically um, delusions and mm-hmm. the one where he like imagines himself like he's like almost like wishing himself like why don't i just say like no i don't want to go to the park and stayed with my girlfriend and like kind of imagines like going on a date with her and they go to the carnival and yeah imagines like what could have been yeah what if he had said like no i don't want to go and then instead yeah i went to coney island with his girlfriend and like was free yeah it was really sad it's like shoot man that's like that sucks. Like, one decision, like, changing your life like that. Yeah. Like, if he would have just said, no, I don't want to go. and Or 
that's what later on, like I said, if he, when the guy's like, you want to go with your boy here? And he just said, like, no. And kind of, like they said in the interview, in the Oprah thing, like, when she asked, like, if your kids were to get pulled over by the cops, what would you tell them? It's like, don't talk to them. Ask for a lawyer. This was Antron. We'll come get yeah. you. Yeah, Antron and Don't Raymond say anything. Well. Ask for a lawyer. Yeah, and and we'll come and don't talk till we get there. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, scary. I mean, they know. They, they know what it's like. But also, it's like... Well, I mean, I, I think Antron also said, like, Oh, they're not going to be in that situation. Like, they yeah. shouldn't be getting in trouble. Like, you know? And I think every parent can feel that way. Like, oh, my child is never going to be in the situation because they're a good kid. And But all these kids were relatively, seemed like good kids. And then, you know. Yeah, I know. This shows that it really can happen to anyone, but it especially can happen to people of color. Yeah, in this country. Yeah. Um, okay, so we should also touch on the fact that, like, after... I mean, the majority of episode four was talking about Corey's experience. But it did show, um, uh, the guy, Mateus Reyes, um, confessing to the crime and then them being exonerated and being able to... Well, Corey being able to go home and Raymond being able to go home. I... It was unclear if, like, his charges were just dropped yeah because he was in jail like we said at the end of episode three uh for like possession of and maybe dealing of Mm -hmm. uh the cocaine probably wouldn't have been in that situation though if like right they are connected yeah it's a it's a domino effect it's a it's a clear linear path that led him to that situation so Um, yeah i'm clear on that but yeah um but yeah they're they're able to get out and um just kind of like how amazing feeling that was but also like how in shock they were and how you know there were talks of like that linda lady being like oh well maybe this mateus guy was just the sixth person yeah and like how some people were very resistant to like admitting this and accepting it um but yeah, I, let's talk a little bit about the Oprah conversation because okay. I found it very compelling. Yeah. Mainly the part where she's interviewing the five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the interviewing the cast is fine and it's good to see like how they got in that mindset. And But I mean, the, the, the more uh, captivating interview I found was with the... I want, I want to hear it like more. I, I think Yusuf has written books yeah um, he seems like a very intelligent not to say that any of them are like that but he he's a doctor and yeah seems very well spoken and yeah knows his stuff and i think it said when it gave a little like description of each of them like what they've gone on to do when they some yeah, of, three a, of them moved to georgia he's like is he the one who started the fund thing or was that a different one no the innocence project yeah i think so okay um for wrongly wrongfully convicted uh yeah he's i think the most like into that of the bunch um yeah okay so in the oprah conversation we've touched on this a little bit already definitely the part where she was uh, oprah was talking to andron 
um, about his dad. And um, Antron has said that, you know, he he really still, and I probably already said this, but I definitely said that when I was watching it, like, how can you not, he still holds all this stuff. And, and while this project was, he's appreciative of the project, he doesn't feel redeemed. He doesn't right. feel forgiveness, doesn't feel at peace. And he said he doesn't want to be at peace. Maybe because that would like mean he's forgetting it somehow. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he said that, you know, his wife has like suggested going to therapy and he just doesn't want to go. It's probably very hard for him to, and all of them, definitely all of them to talk about this stuff. And yeah. For and I mean, both, both of his parents are deceased now too. So yeah, I was terribly talking about how his mom died from cancer. And, you know, even though he got, you know, settlement money, like, he wasn't able to help her get the organs she needed and you know not all as well just because like you get some money right um, i mean that's just all we can do we can't take you back in time and unconvict you of these murders like that's all that can be done sadly like after the fact well, they, they, once the mistake is made they mentioned though that like the city has never apologized right for all the and kind of like we said like trump has never apologized either Right, like, I think there is more that can be done. They oh, did for, mention... Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean for it to come off that way. Oh, no, you're fine. I mean, at the end of the day, no, like, can't take away those years of being in juvie and in jail and solitary confinement and being beat up. You can't take away any of that and, like, the pain that... And even before that, the, you know, fear like, during the trial and all that. The, like, yeah, the, the trauma of just... Trauma of, yeah. Confession. All of it was horrible and that was a chunk of their life and it's not just gonna go away. Trauma, like, it only takes, like, one experience. Yeah, it's terrible in every case where somebody's wrong, but when it was such, like, the formative years of these people's lives, you know, from, like, 14 yes. to like 25 ish yeah or in Corey's case like 16 to 30 yeah those are like you know the the living years you know <laughs> that's the chunk of your life where you're supposed to be out there becoming a an Person, adult yeah forming your stuff and yeah your I, stuff your opinions and thoughts on the world and yeah discovering things not stuck behind bars Oh, also, Antron said... I, everything that Antron said, I felt... Antron said, I felt like I need, wanted to know more. Like, yeah. saying, like, he never forgave his father, called him a coward. Um, you know, like, he he left... Um, Antron's dad left And meanwhile, mom. the whole front row is the cast members, and they're just all in tears, and Antron started breaking up. And... Yeah, it was really, really sad, and... And just, again, goes back to what I was saying before, does a good job of showing that, you know, once, and kind of like what what you were saying, you know, they get the money, but, like, this sticks with you for life. Like, you don't forget this stuff. No, and I was surprised that they were willing to watch this. I mean, yeah, that, it had to be like, tough reintroduces you to all that trauma and like stuff that you've yeah especially it seems like Antron like well no I guess he doesn't really want to forget it but well I was thinking Corey I was thinking like 
how can Corey just watch that fourth episode and not just I mean have like a breakdown and maybe he did but it's just gosh that was just like terrible um and for him to say for Corey to say because they were they asked all the guys like do you blame Linda Fairstein Fairstein whatever her name was Mm -hmm. um who actually stepped down from Oprah was saying that (laughs) I wrote by Linda Fairstein (laughs) like she stepped down from the board of whatever she was on and, like, dropped her publisher and stuff. And, yeah, obviously, they were saying, like, that's not enough, you know? More people need to be held accountable. Um, but uh, Corey said that she was just doing her job. Meanwhile, Raven was like, no, I do blame yeah. her. And then Kevin was like, she was just one of many, you know. So Which they, is true. they all kind of have like different perspective on this. But Corey, of all people, to be like she was just doing her job, like that's a that's a wow for me. I mean, but I don't know. Not that you can ever forgive completely, but that is something that gives people solace. Is being able to well, kind of like separate themselves and and forgive or a lot of them like some I guess not all of them but some of them like went to religion. Andron was like no, um, but yeah, there there has to be like everyone has their own way of coping when something traumatic happens. Um, Do you wanna? some wrapping up yeah let's give some final thoughts uh just a quick thought before the final thoughts Mm. shout out to jerrell jerome who portrayed Corey wise in both the young and the old yeah uh, Corey wise the other uh um men and uh were portrayed by actors as children and then different actors as adult but uh Gerald Jerome played Corey Wise as both the young Corey Wise and the older Corey Wise. Yeah. And I, he did a really good job, especially Incredible. that fourth episode, like we said, was all about him. And it, oh, it was yeah. just amazing. I, I do believe he did win an Emmy for that, which was deserved in my mind. Like, I don't know what he was up against, but uh, that was incredible. Yeah. I mean, when you play somebody in solitary confinement, you got to really give it your all. It, it's all you. There's no, nothing That's you're acting, nobody you're acting against, and no, nothing really you're acting against. Yeah. It, talent really shows in that guy. Yeah. So, my final thoughts uh, would be obviously a resounding recommendation. Yes. Everyone, in, like they were saying, just to tag on. They were saying everyone needs to watch this, and like I 100% agree. Like it is so timely, even though this happened 30 years ago. Continue. Yeah, like like Kevin was saying in the thing. Like it, I think it was Kevin that this happened 30 years ago, but like nothing's really changed. The only thing that's changed really is like we're able to have this conversation now, and people are starting, and hopefully the next generation can can more. use this as a an example of why and how we need to change things. Um. I wrote, uh, it would be very hard to believe if it, if you didn't already know it was true, like all right. the stuff that was happening, it's like, just like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially about the confessions. Yeah. Those um, were clearly coerced. Yeah. And how they were admissible in, a, in court. 
Um, let me see. I just had some other notes if I had anything that I haven't touched on already. Um, touched on that. Touched on that. I, I think I pretty much touched on all my notes that I had. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a very... Like we said, it's going to be very tough. It's very depressing and stuff, but... We split it up to multiple days. Yeah, and, you know, we peppered in some 30 Rock there for a little pick-me-up. Yeah. Uh, But but, to watch all at once, I think, would be really hard. Well, yeah, and it's four parts, and they're each over an hour, so that'd be, like, six hours of your day. No, but I'm just saying, like, I think that helps as well. Like, you need time to kind of process... But you also, like we, you wanted to like keep watching it, you know, like it, oh, it yeah. it's very compelling. Yeah. Um. So, respect to Ava. 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 Like, call her Ava because to we know. Ava, because mm-hmm. yeah, she did a very good job uh, directing this, and all of the guys were very thankful for her for doing a good job, portraying oh. it. Go ahead. I thought that it was really. Um, meaning, meaningful and important and it showed in their work they all had conversations with the real guys their families um, and they were able to bring that into their performance mm-hmm. I think that that's really important when you're portraying somebody who is a real person yeah and they're still know, alive and you can talk to them yeah having those conversations I think how can it not like add to add to your performance and your perspective and you really you know get attached to the story and that's probably why besides the fact that this was like a terrible thing and like everyone experiences emotion if you're human like (laughs) to to this story but that's probably why they were getting so choked up because they lived this story and like knew the guys and yeah I don't know I probably experience like experienced a little bit like secondhand trauma from it yeah did you have any other final thoughts you want um, to say yeah so i just would kind of echo that i think that this is something that definitely needs to be watched it's timely it's important it's it's tough but you know some things that, that you know some of the toughest things i think are worth the most attention and so i definitely recommend watching it um yeah, I was really uh, moved by the actors, the actors' performances. I think watching the Oprah interview, especially the part where she talks about the or talks with the Exonerated Five, um, is really important to see. It does a great job of showing, you know, life before, during, and after prison and juvie. You know, like families' experiences. Um, so yeah, I just think that this this four part series really packs a lot of important stuff into it and that goes to the the talents of Ava and of the guys um and I'm really I'm really glad that we watched this because I did not know a lot of the details of this case and so I feel a little bit more educated yeah yeah so yeah definitely watch it it's not an easy watch though especially the last episode Ooh, that was tough. All right, should we move into something a little lighter? Yeah. All right, time for uh, some currently captivating positives. Okay, so a little bit over a week ago, we saw Nick Offerman. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. I mean, 
I am familiar with some of Nick Offerman's comedy, but mainly his work on Parks and Rec, and I, I love him. I love Ron Swanson. And so I was really excited to see him, but I was also, I've been working on, you know, trying to manage my expectations, not make them too high, but I really feel like he exceeded them. He was wonderful. Did, like, a combination of, you know, like, comedy, stand-up, but then he also uh, sang some some of his original work, his songs that touch on a lot of social issues. I mean, his his whole act was not light. I mean, like, he found kind of the light aspects of maybe what's going on in the world, but he was like, let's talk about this, let's talk about this, like, and uh, watching it in Wichita, Kansas, a few people uh, walked out, um, especially when he's talking about guns and stuff, but tough. He's not actually Ron Swanson, and so he's going to have some quote-unquote polarizing views or whatever, if you don't know. But you were positive on this. I mean, he was saying everything that, like, I was thinking, you know? Like, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful, and it made me feel less alone in these trying times. And how did he perform times. a lot of his comedy, you haven't said? Oh, in terms of, like, how he was kind of, like, being sarcastic? No, he played the guitar. I did. I oh, said he said sang that? his okay. original songs. I, I wasn't paying attention, I guess. I zoomed off for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still in, like, serious mode. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to just snap out of it, but... That's understandable. I, if he's touring in one of your... Um, if he's touring or if they put out this comedy somewhere, they might at the very least yeah. probably put it on tape or, or right, on okay. disc, rather, because it's yeah, 2019. Well, I also really uh, liked his last Netflix special. I don't remember what it's called. Um, But yeah, so he has some great stuff out there, but I felt like this was like... When I was walking in, I was like, is he going to touch on Trump? I don't know. Maybe I'll mention it, but he went like way beyond that. Yeah. What's your CCP? My CCP is games. I've been playing some video games lately that mm. I've been enjoying. Um, so I don't have an iPhone, but I have an iPod Touch. So I signed up for the Apple Arcade that just came out, which is like $5 a month. The first month is free, but $5 a month after that. And it has like 60 or 70 games on there, all without any purchase necessary no microtransactions in them which is nice because if you've ever played a mobile game like 90 percent of them all like either have ads that are supporting them or like microtransactions transactions asking you for money um so so far i've only played a couple but uh golf yeah what the golf is very good on that so if you have apple arcade or if you have an iphone or i believe it's on ipads as well and coming to mac soon I would recommend trying it out. The first month is free, and there are some uh, cool Not games sponsored, just want to... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, and then the, <laughs> the other game I uh, played and beat is called Ape Out. Uh, and this one's on... I played on PC, but I it's on Switch and a bunch of other consoles as well. Um, and you play as a gorilla who's, like, escaping different scenarios. The first one... I think you're in a zoo, maybe. Uh, the second one, you're in these uh, skyscrapers. Third one, you're on a boat. Fourth one, somewhere else. Uh, and you run around, and the guards are trying to like shoot you with trank guns and stuff. And you either push them, 
out of the way or like grab them and use them as a shield and and then it's got this cool jazzy beat going on and like every time you like hit a guy like does a crash symbol so it's like you're making music kind of as you're going it's pretty cool yeah it's it's just a cool weird weird game i know uh untitled goose game is getting a lot of shout outs right now have you listened to it yet or played it i have not played it but uh another animal cool game that came out i believe earlier this year maybe late last year is ape out that i would also recommend and it's on xbox games pass so free if you have that all right well i'm on the edge of my seat on your thoughts on the goose game okay coming up so well, keep us I, I guess i'll have to buy it it's i don't think that's a free one on apple arcade oh. or anything but if the people really want to know what I think about the goose, I, I will play it. Caleb has some really strong opinions about geese in general. Oh, so... that's why you're... Okay. Gotcha. Well, and it's like, I have heard people talking about this and game. And you're so... not in, like... You don't follow any, like, no, gaming people. No, I've heard people. of yeah, the goose and game. you've heard of it, so... Wow. I don't I, know why. I, I need to... Maybe we could get in and play it and review it for the pod. I don't want to make any kind no, of guarantees. Okay. I'm sorry, but I am not a gamer. <laughs> but we will guarantee that next week, what are we doing? Next week, we're going to watch the movie, or go to the movie theaters and watch the movie Ad Astra. I am holding you accountable and myself for making sure I stay awake. <laughs> um, I guess the pod is kind of... Bumping you. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't take too much out of your experience from the movie, but like you're going to need to like really make sure I'm awake. Okay, I will do my best. So that is that Astra. It's in theaters. It's currently still in theaters. We're going this next week. So um, yeah, if you haven't seen that, go take a look. I believe it's like, it's a space movie obviously, but it's got some like weird time travel stuff. It's got Brad Pitt as the star. I mean, I, I mean I've heard good things. I've heard bad things. We'll, so see. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll give our opinion. We'll give our take next week. We will give our opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. So until next week, though. Until next week, I want you to hug your loved ones and think Get about. Up. Go ahead. Think about getting out and voting. Yeah, uh, for coming your, up. Your district attorney study up on them. Related. Um, that's good. Good little tie in there. Thank All you. right. Hug your loved ones because you never know when they could be unlawfully. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Accused. Yeah. Another tie in. Okay. On that note, <laughs> see you next week. Bye.